Slasher Tracks, we are fucking back We're with back. episode 38. 38 Woo! times uh, we've done this. I'm, that's right. I'm Aaron. I'm Sloane. I'm out of voices. There's no more. It's just I am, yeah, I no. am stepmother, and I am here to yeah. lead you down the path that is Slasher Tracks. It's going to be a wet one. It's going to be a wild one. We've watched another film yet again. It's another film, and we did is Slasher Tracks. I am your stepmother, and this has been Slasher Tracks. We're done. <laughs> End of episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so if you are a new listener, um, maybe you saw those pretty cool videos on our Instagram. Probably did. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate that. Uh, we are Slasher Tracks. We are a horror something podcast. We watch slasher movies, and we talk about it, and we go on side tracks. The first half of the show we're going to talk about, eh, first third of it, we're talking about the movie, and then we're going to show the class what we dug up whoa, afterwards. Whoa, 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 wait, Aaron, I forgot yeah. what movie we watched. What is, what is the movie? Oh, you what? goof, we watched Brain Damage. Oh, whoa. yeah. Another one directed by Frank Henenlotter, the same director and writer of Basket Case. Another Frank Henny. Um, we've kind of just accidentally started watching Frank Henny movies. Uh, I just started saying Frank Henny right now, but I, I kind of like it. It's very um, cool. They're it's fun. Cool. They feel right up our alley. Uh, brain damage. If if you ever see this weird little blue penis man, it's from this movie. Whoa! Spoilers. Oh, well, I don't know if it's a spoiler. It's like the thing. There's a slow build. Hey. I thought we were going to try to recreate the slow build to the blue wiggle. I don't know. In the same way, but all right. I, all right. I'm not too a, late a now. fan of going in order or anything like that. Penis More monsters about vibes out of the penis bag. Monsters. So what did you guys think of this one? Just off the yeah, top? Just... Off the cuff, off the top. I thought one thumb up, probably. One thumb maybe, up. Maybe, maybe, maybe like a half a thumb in there, too, but I'm not entirely certain. In um, where? At least, at least general, um, general, general positive vibes. Yeah, I think so too. And this, I, I don't want to sound like a little vanilla school child, but it was like maybe too fucking weird. Uh, like I, I liked it a lot, but comparing it to Basket Case. The things that were different about this one were stranger. Um, it's it's about drugs. And it's about uh, sex in a way, in some ways. Uh, it's about aliens and guts. Um, so you think he is an alien? Do they oh, say that? Oh, he's a fucking alien. Look at him. I wasn't sure if you he don't was see like those demon. in the zoo. I feel like he was yeah. like. Almost the way that one the one guy was talking about it almost made him seem like a deity being or something like some sort of ancient alien. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of mm. like going that fucking weird ass route. But whomst is to say? Whom whomst just 
to say. And uh, amongst us. since we always bring up the music, uh, this is uh, another one by Gus Russo, who did uh, Brain Damage. <laughs> That's this movie. Eric. <laughs> Gus Russo did this too, uh, and Basket Case. He's the guy. Um, if you listen to the Basket Case episode, he turned into a JFK assassination expert. So like, not a lot to look into I, there. Again, I think you're using the word expert. A he has too books. Loosely, but yeah. Um, he knows more about it than okay. we do. Um, that's just okay, argue. That's just the Still. truth. Um, but just... I don't know about you guys, but the music this time around actually caught my attention. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. Me too, a little bit. Me too, a little bit. I'd say that my attention was um, peaked. It was poked, prodded, P- poked and prodded. That's that's pretty good mm-hmm. for. Uh, cheap 80s horror soundtrack um yeah i mean i thought it went like kind of in a lot of different directions and it had like a noticeable theme uh that i could keep picking up and that leads me to before we even get into it i kind of wanted to show you guys a little audio clip um oh my god already okay yeah because like you'll see i think a very popular song a very popular franchise ripped it off from this movie Oh, oh really? yeah, and I found one random commenter on the internet that agreed. So I'm gonna play a track called nice. uh, "Aylmer's First Bodgewalb." Um, okay. And so this is where we're gonna get some of the theme. It's got these big. Oh Sounds my god, cool. that's blowjob spelled backwards. Yeah, yeah, did it you, is. Did you catch that one? I, I saw that it was a jumbled up version of it, didn't realize it's totally backwards. But, so that, specifically that, guess what? I was wondering, it sounded just like X-Files. Same tone, same shit, it's the X-Files. And the X-Files came out in 1993, so they ripped off our boy Gus Russo. I don't know. Are they? Are they close Dude. enough? Like very sim. Like I was thinking X Files when I heard it. Like similar vibes, but is it a rip off? Uh, strongly, <clears throat> strongly influenced by, and I will go no okay. lower than that. But all right, but I'll that, give you that like uh, you know that 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 theme was throughout the whole movie in different ways. Uh, they sometimes do a synthy 80s prom version of it, sometimes raw dog a piano like that. Um, but it was cool. I liked it. It gave the, the movie a little bit more atmosphere, maybe, than um, than Basket Case. Maybe. That and the lights, lots of blues. Lots of blue, edgy lights on this one. But... Well, I think... Uh, let's talk about the yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, A little bit. More. Let's talk. Let's. I know you. Like. Let's. Let's. Let's explain the plot a little bit. So we meet. He's just like you know. He's a regular handsome guy in like he's a regular fella named Brian, and he lives in New York City. He's got a brother. He's his roommate. His brother sleeps on the pull-out sofa in the living room, and he's got a girlfriend named Barbara. And Barbara, she's ready to go on date night, but Brian's not feeling so good. He doesn't know why. He thinks maybe he caught a mm-hmm. flu. Diarrhea. But then. But then things get wacky. Very, very wacky. It's the space turd. 
Well, before you know it's the space turd, you just see this guy tripping the frick out. He seems like he's on drugs or he's like in a fever dream. He's got blood on the back mm-hmm. of his neck. And then his room slowly fills with this blue liquid. And then as he's looking up at his light fixture on the ceiling, it slowly turns into a giant eyeball. And it's just crazy. And then, and we saw his next door neighbors in the apartment building, they're screaming, looking for Elmer. Elmer! Elmer! So we don't know. I just really like the buildup. Uh, of not knowing what Elmer or Aylmer is. Because it was really funny. Like, we don't know what the creature is yet. And we see these two people. They wanted to feed some mystery creature brains. And the and the lady, it's like this older couple. I call them Mama and Papa in my notes. <laughs> okay. Because um, <laughs> they seem like his parents. And they're so excited to feed him these. Oh, they got a batch of beautiful brains for Elmer. But Elmer's beautiful missing. Brains. And I'm like. I had that written down too. And But like the. The way that they're looking for him is so funny in the moment because I don't know what Elmer actually looks like because they're like looking in cabinets and bookshelves. And I was like, is Elmer the size of a hamster? How could he be hiding in the cabinet and the bookshelf or the cabinets? And then turns out it all makes sense. It was just fun, like looking back at my notes of how funny I thought that was. They are destroying their whole apartment looking like comically so. Screaming. Mama is loud. She is the loudest scream. It's like the decibels were out of control for her. I had to adjust the volume multiple times during this movie. Because I was like, Jesus, I do not want to hear this this loud. It's way too loud. I was thinking like the neighbors are going to think somebody is dying in here. Yeah. There's, and also, I, mean, I feel like they might have added, they may, might have made that scene more extensive than they needed to because uh, the original cut was under feature film length. So they went back mm-hmm. and added stuff. So it makes sense that there's kind of like these extended scenes of like, why is this mm. so fucking oh, long? Geez, you're totally right. Why are they still pulling stuff Yeah, wasn't apart? it like yeah. about an hour at first? And honestly, I feel like it'd be a better movie at an hour. Maybe. Uh, yeah. There was only one as scene long I thought as they was don't too cut long, but I'll get to that later. stuff that was cut for X-rated stuff. Keep, oh, yeah. Keep that, that all in there. But yeah, sometimes it was just like long, weird, loud, um, which, mm-hmm. yeah, now that you mention it, it's probably just to stretch it out a little bit. Um, so yeah, uh, Mom and Pop, after they pull apart every single thing in their house, literally ruin it, uh, it I, I, I don't, they kind of start foaming at the mouth, and then we... We move on. Yeah. yeah. And they seem like they're dead. Yeah. I was pretty and, sure uh, they yeah. were dead. I thought so mm-hmm. as well. And Brian, he's tripping out, tripping out. And then we see finally like what Elmer actually is, which is, yeah, like a tiny, like a little, a, I guess for a poop, he'd be large, but I was going to say tiny space poop, but he'd kind be pretty blue big. Blue octopus for a poop. alien penis, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like his the, face. He's like a tentacle. I hate oh his face. Oh my gosh. His, his eyes, eyes are so small. He is the dopiest. They're so, but also too big. And like so close together. Mm-hmm. He's so goofy. I, lo- I mean, love his totally face. He's totally supposed so to be a ugly. dick. Like it's, it's said phallic. Yeah. Like Frank, Frank, Frank knew what he was doing. I'm going to show you, I'm going to show no, you yeah. another image right here. It's part of the mold from it, um, of one of the scenes. There's literally a cock and balls like right here. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, um, Look at so that. that was definitely you know part of it. It was a unique. I mean, I've never seen an alien or a puppet or anything that went this route. Yeah, it's bizarre. And then when he talks, 
You uh, so oh I've seen God. the pictures of the blue alien thing, and like I got to see this movie, but I would never ever have guessed that he sounded this way. Like, uh, hello. Yeah, he has like a. Yeah, he's he's just yes, yes. I was gonna say sultry, but I thought that was too complimentary. And he's always very casual in the way that he talks about doing wicked things, or he just like hi. Yeah, and then I hear brains. Yeah, she's not. It's like she's not likely still alive. That's because I ate her brains. Like just so happy about it. Happy go lucky. Out of his luck. It's chill though. Yeah, out of his luck lounge singer that got turned into a poop can i annoy you guys with some more imdb sure i'm gonna do it um so okay. this was a, a something that i was thinking about looking into and i didn't so i've just got like a little to talk about here so that voice it's a, an mm-hmm. important person for b horror movies it's it is drew carey drew oh. carey himself wait yes. what no what no. Oh, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, so sorry, bud. Um, I'll believe anything. So is this uh, guy named John Zacherly, which I had never heard of um, because I'm not a thousand years old. But he, so John mm-hmm. Zacherly, the cool ghoul, he was a horror movie host mm. like uh, Joe Bob Briggs or Elvira. And oh, okay. uh, he, was, okay. he was big in the late 50s and 60s. Uh Oh, so do you think like people would even? So this movie was 1988. Do you think people would even recognize that voice at this uh, point? If, if you were old, 50s, if you were guy? old, like Frank, yeah, like he he's in some interview is like, yeah, this guy was in like the first monster thing I watched on TV. It was like a big deal to get him on there. Um, guy oh, cool. lived I mean, to be 98. People probably knew who he was because like 20. That's 20 years. 20 years later. I mean, we know actors that are 20 years. Like, yeah. Generic. Yeah. I think, I think, I mean, if you're already signed up to watch Brain Damage, a horror movie, yeah, yeah. You're gonna, like you know, the. It'd be like if Elvira like was just, a voice of something now. Yeah. Or like you just said, too, like we know who Joe Bob Briggs is. And yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. So that was kind of cool. Um, Interesting. That's all I got there. Um, so, so yeah. Uh, the, the, their relationship um, continues and, uh, he pumps oh. them up with pump pumps up our boy with brain juice and hallucinogen juice. Yeah, so he um Brian has a hole in the back of his neck. It looks like it's like going into his like spinal cord area and he he plops Elmer or Aylmer on his back and we got to talk about Elmer's mouth yes. when he opens oh, wow. up to give him the goods. That was a preschool's project. A cool preschool's cool. project. How dare I'm you? Not saying, the, I think it looked bad, but in a good way. Like I, it looked gnarly. H D preschool. At least seventh grader. Okay. How okay. dare you? I thought it looked cool. Class of seventh graders. Like again, kind of unique. Like it wasn't just a big fang mouth, like a xenomorph mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. It's a ton of tiny little teeth, and like, and, like little tentacle teeth, teeth things. And then, yeah. like, a syringe teeny needle shoots out. Or, like, a, a syringe claw. It's, like, a, it has a Drip bend in the to blue it. It's, like, a bendy juice. straw. Yeah, it's a bendy straw. It doesn't straw. bend. But thin. <laughs> it's, like, a needle, but a bendy straw. And it goes into into Brian, and then we see, then we see a brain, brain cam. I love that there was, like, brain special effects in there. Yeah. I thought they looked pretty good. Maybe, really maybe good. they were a middle school project, but... Um, and then like they literally like 
drop blue dye onto this fake brain and then show the guy tripping balls. And like, there's like electrical. Like, oh yeah, it zaps and zips and zaps. I yeah. love the special effects of this era that are. It's like all hand drawn, crazy like zaps and shine and stuff. Like um, mm-hmm. when they're in the junkyard and he's just like, oh, he's yeah. just euphoric and there's like rainbows on the junkyard. And I think he's just jumping up so and yeah, down being like, Brian, fuck yeah. When Brian gets hit with the blue goo, he does just the most, it's a long orgasmic reaction. Yeah. Like he's making all it's the sounds. For sure. His mm-hmm. eyes are closed. It's so sexual. Uh that his level yeah. of euphoria. That That's he what gets. I was trying to describe, like how basket case to me. I, I feel charmed by it. This one makes me want to wash my hands. It's like yeah. I mean, I think it's there's some yeah. gross parts. It's uh, some real yuck. Some real yuck in there. Oh yeah, I mean the real yuck parts. Let's just do it, right? We'll, Let's we'll just get, get there. there, huh? Already? Okay. Yep. Punch so, it. So Brian, he starts. He well, he's like ruining his life. He's ignoring. It. He's the thing is, it's just like this movie is obviously like a satire. I think, anyways, like kind of a satire for like a warning about against doing mm-hmm. drugs. And you know, Brian, he's ruining his life. He's isolating himself. He's putting all these locks on his doors. He's not hanging out with his girlfriend. He's not hanging out with his brother. He's just fully isolating. All he cares about now is the blue goo and Elmer. And Elmer's like, that's okay. You just do what I say. You don't need to think anymore. You're under yeah. my control, and you don't like think it. Think ever again. Um, uh, so Frank Henenlotter, uh was recently stopped cocaine, uh, apparently, and this oh, was a metaphor okay. for for getting off of that. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, in a way. Go yeah. ahead. And uh, cocaine makes you uh, trip balls. In case you didn't know, mm-hmm. that's that's how drugs work. I mean. <laughs> I did wonder with the junkyard scene if, like, this was in any way pulled from real life that he did do, like, acid in a junkyard one time. He's like, we got to put that in. He's having mm-hmm. a... The way that, that like, the, when he's having... So there's, like, this part where there's, like, the shattered windshield, and it's, like, the way the light is hitting it, plus the alien drugs is making just, like, this beautiful mosaic of colors and stuff. Like, I could see yeah. that being pulled from, like, a, a real-life experience of looking at broken glass a- on drugs person i know had explained to me just some memory about looking at broken glass on the ground that were all colorful and cool so yeah Mm. i could see that yeah but uh okay so just to put that yeah just to put that out there uh Mm. i guess we'll get to the really nasty part he's ruining his life and he goes to this uh this uh he finds this nightclub that's just called hell the neon sign, and then he meets he meets a gal, and you guys can take it away if you want to describe the terribleness. Well, about that gal, I wanted to to let our viewers know a quote that you said during this. Let's get galled. Man. A quote that yeah, I said? Yeah, you said, man, titty mama, porn out. Pouring porn, out or porn, porn out? out? No, I said pouring oh. out. I said her titties were pouring out of her okay. shirt. Or out of her, that her makes, bodice. That makes her... more sense. I wrote it down because I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, that's a weird thing <laughs> to say. out, bros. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, now that you say it like that, like, it, it, it sounds pouring cooler, out. but I meant she was just, she was pouring out yeah, of her leather. Yeah, she had some, like, leather corsetti sort of thing. Almost just, like, two, just holding on to tit that was just kind of flop, like, yeah. on top. 
It was like a cupcake like a titty shelf. holder. <laughs> yeah. 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 Just popped them up there real nice on top. But leather. Yeah. One way or another, they end up uh, hooking up. I don't really remember how that mm-hmm. starts, but... Uh... They're just, they're making out and she, they go out and to the like alley. And she's like questionably like coming on to him, even though he's like, hey, I'm unconscious basically. And he's like kind of like passing out. And she's like, don't pass out on me oh, when they're right. making yeah, out. So you're fucked up, and then, then she reaches down, his, reaches and touches his, hit what she thinks is his dick on the outside and says, you've got a monster in there, don't you? Or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, she's get, she's like, here, let me prop you up against this wall real quick. And, uh, then says that she gets down on her knees and unzips, unzips, unzips his drawers and out comes, out comes Elmer. And then there's a, uh, a, uh, a, a kind of like throat fucking scene I, I mean, terrible. it's just straight up is. If that wasn't blue, just is. Yeah, it was. That's just what it was. Yeah, yeah, Woo. yeah. It was. And it was genius. I think. Yeah, one of the couple moments yeah. where like my jaw dropped. I I couldn't like couldn't believe this was on the screen. It keeps going, and then she starts bleeding. And he's like holding onto her head, and like Brian. Up top, he just like so. Up top, Brian, you know, he's just like laying his head back, and like it looks like a blowjob all the way until then you go down to her and see Elmer going down her throat. But then Elmer starts getting covered in blood, so it's just blood seeping out of her mouth, and it is so disturbing. And eventually, Elmer rips her brain out through her throat, yeah, and the brain plops onto the ground, like a chunk of it at least. Yeah, I did wonder what this if this was supposed to be a joke. Have you guys like heard the phrase "giving brain"? Oh, jeez, I guess maybe. <laughs> I was just wondering if Frank Hadlotter had that in maybe. mind with this scene. Old dirty pervert. Um, <laughs> but oh, so that was one uh, of the two scenes that were cut uh, when it came out on, uh, I, I guess VHS. The 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 oh, Paramount really? it is release. Uh, it really sets the tone of the movie. Yeah. And uh, yeah. like we mentioned uh, a little bit ago, the song playing during this is called Aylmer's First Bajwab. Um, mm. I wish it was the... Man, that was a great one. Um, so after that, uh, Brian, he doesn't remember anything, and he has a really good line... Uh, so it's like we get the idea that when Brian is on the drugs, on the blue goo, he just fully blacks out. So he doesn't like know what happens when Elmer is in control. And he he gets home and he's like taking off his clothes like in the alley next to the trash cans. And that was weird. But then it's because I guess there was blood on his underwear. And then he's like upset with Elmer later. And he said, all I remember is finding something sticky in my pants. And finding blood. So that was also another, like, little yeah. cum joke first, but then, and it's blood. Yeah. It's fun. That whole part, like, dude, it wouldn't be on his underwear. It'd be on his pants. Mm-mm. It would definitely or be on his pants. Or at least pants. also but they had to do cum at, But they had to do the cum in the underwear joke, so it had to be. I think he could, they could have even made a cum joke with just pants. Mm-hmm. Something sticky in my pants. Done. Yeah. 
Um, we've, there's this really, really, so like after this, when he comes back, he's, his pants are all sticky. Turns out mama and papa aren't dead and they want Elmer back. They, they got through the foam in the mouth, but I guess they recovered. And Elmer's papa gives a very long monologue explaining like how Elmer has been around since 12, it was 1203 is when Elmer first appeared in the records or something. And he's just like. expounding on and on about all the people he's passed through and like who's had control of Elmer and he's telling uh, Brian you don't know what you're doing you're giving him too much power like he can't have live brains that gives makes him too powerful you need to give him dead brains it was human brains versus uh, oh it was just human I thought it was also difference of pre-dead brain okay my bad they've just been feeding him animal brains I don't want to skimp on this it was solid minutes of in 1356, yeah. the Queen of, of England uh, bought it <laughs> off of an Aztec shaman who, after this war, this person bought it and two explorers found it. And then, like, literally for minutes. It was yeah, exhausting. It was long. And I tuned it out. I, yeah. I was like, okay, none of this is going to matter. Uh-huh, yeah. Um, give, give me something else. I understood what they were going for, but it was not entertaining. It was like, hey, how many, like, things can we, like, partially name drop? Like, hey, this is something that happened in time. Uh-huh. And, it, and I was like, okay, I understand how time works. It was been around. I get it. And I waited. <laughs> And then he's like, and then it came to me, and I was like, all right, now we're back. I can I, pay attention. I was just thinking, like, this is that guy's hardest part in the movie, the, the actor. Like, this is oh, his big yeah. moment to memorize yeah, I think this it was such a monologue. monologue. I don't know if it was one inter- un, one inter- in, uninterrupted uh, take or shot, but uh, it don't remember. seemed like it. I think yeah, it I was. Could... I would have guessed it was, yeah. Also, he, I thought his lines were pretty good throughout. That actor seemed to be too good, not too good for this movie. He did his role pretty well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember him. I don't really remember the old lady very much. I don't either. Uh, well, since we talked about a kill already, uh, how did you feel about uh, Elmer's killing people other than blowies? Like he just unicorns onto their head and then they die. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if they're a man, it's like if they're a man, he'll suck on their their forehead. And then the, like, mechanical... If they're a woman, he's gonna go the in their mechanical mouth. Mechanical forehead spike wiggling around. Well, she's not hot. Does he only go down the throat if you're hot? The young women get the throat death. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't really pick up on that. But yeah, I mean... You didn't notice that? (laughs) uh, Again, if we're comparing Frank to Frank here, I I love Basket Case, but the kills are lame as shit. And this one goes a little harder with that. Um, Well, I mean... I guess they're they're I like the wiggle. goofy and lame, but then there's like a brain chunk that happens at the end, which I really like. Yeah, there is this one really funny part. Um, just you're seeing that it is just a puppet and makeup. Um, it's when Elmer is attacking, so he ends up going against Mama and Papa because he's like, "I don't like you. You give me animal brains. Brian gives me what I want." And he's sucking on Mama's brain, and Papa is trying to get him off. But like they have, he has the actual actor has to be very careful to not oh, touch yeah. it, or he's gonna knock the makeup off the woman's yeah. face. So he's touching it so lightly and gingerly, and he's like, but he's like making noises, like he's like, ah, ah, get off her. And uh, I love that; it was really good. Uh, also, uh, <laughs> speaking to that, um, the one person that gets killed in the bathroom stall, 
he, he oh, puts his hand yeah, he puts his hands around his neck a few times and i'm like dude that's not what's happening what are you doing <laughs> like, like he's like ah, well he's like, also he's like though and then he'll put his he'll go like like he's choking and it's like dude no maybe i'll try this move choking yeah yeah maybe i'll try choking myself to get this little poop off my head i don't want to be a unicorn anymore <laughs> But that one was really fun. I feel like there was a twist there. So um, a lot of characters from other Frank Henenlotter, specifically yeah. Basket Case films, come back in this one. And uh, one of them is uh, the big buff pimp that I think wasn't actually an actor. Frank just found him. He's like, hey, you're really buff. You want to be in a movie? Uh, yeah, okay. And he comes back in this one. He's just buff guy in the shower that has a soapy, soapy Man, that was butt. a weird scene. And <laughs> He's shaped like a I kite. liked it. <laughs> <laughs> Show the beef. It was fun. Um, and yeah, it's like at that part, you know, Brian, he's, uh, oh yeah, we skipped over a big plot point where he, Brian's trying to get off the stuff. He's going through withdrawals mm-hmm. and uh, Elmer's like taunting him. They He goes to um, this hotel to try to dry out, but he brings Elmer along with him for some reason. And Elmer's like in the sink and he's like, I want you to beg for it. Uh, like I want you to beg me to give you my goo, and then uh, and Brian when he pukes on the radiator when he's going through withdrawals that was nasty. I'm just thinking of like hot puke on a radiator. Yeah. That was that was a Pretty visceral gross. moment. We've all been there. <laughs> um, oh, I have a a melt breathing brain meatballs. Yeah. That was just another. While wow. we're on the just like on the practical effects and special mm-hmm. effects with the I wiggles. I like that a lot. Ooh. Yeah, it's, again, it's just like when uh, Brian, he's going through withdrawals and he's trying to go to dinner with his girlfriend, Barbara. He's about to break up with her because he's choosing the drugs, you know, over his mm-hmm. over his lady. And his meatballs slowly turn into like yeah. <gasps> breathing brains and they're like making noises. And ugh, Loved it. It was, it was gnarly. I really like that part. Um, Yeah, that part kind of reminded me of Basket Case too. I don't know, maybe just because it's food and they had a gross picnic scene. Uh, other people from those movies we had we had uh what's her name the i the have pro- a, the prostitute have lady down uh beverly bonner yeah she's the kind sex worker in basket case one then she's like a lady on the news i think in basket case two yeah and i think she has like one line or something he just must yeah like, yeah. yeah have a good relationship with them at this point and then we got Dwayne. I didn't even notice Dwayne. To be yes. Honest. How did you not notice it him? Was a, probably the wig. It was such a probably good couldn't, moment. Couldn't recognize him with the wig. I love this moment. So it's like when it's when Brian he's on the train and he's like about to let Elmer eat his girlfriend that is just trying to get back together with him. She's also oh my gosh the sex scene. We'll get Ugh, back to that. Do we have but to? He um she thinks that they're gonna get back together and he's actually thinking about letting Elmer eat her brains through her mouth and i felt like what they were trying to say there in this moment it's like uh so uh oh crap what's his what's what's basket case guy's Dwayne? character name Dwayne. Dwayne sits across from him on the subway and he's holding his basket and he just looks at him and he gets a bad feeling and like Dwayne runs away and i feel like that was to say like a freak knows a freak like he knows there's something <laughs> fucking freaky going yeah, on with this guy yeah. and he's like i'm not messing with this and i really like that. i feel like there's a nod to it too there's one part where you see might have been on the subway too you see like a newspaper and it says killers loose in new york so it's like Dwayne, it's belial and elmer are both killing people in new york at the same time i thought like i, I, know, I thought that was like, like cool that interpretation i was just seeing it as the the kills of this movie 
but yours is oh, better. Because you see the paper after Dwayne's. Yeah. So it's like, they're, yeah. he's like, they're, they both got some creatures killing people. I, I like the New Yorkiness of this, too. Um, and, like, there was one shot that we know he totally just filmed real life on this, oh, like, yeah, yeah, out yeah. of the side of a van, the way that they did in Basket Case. Without any yeah, permission. Yeah. yeah. It's just very cool to see, it like, just random like, ass strangers that surely didn't sign a waiver or anything. That's just what it oh, was no. outside that day. But yeah, it was just like, this is New York at nighttime in 1988. I really like that. Yeah. Should we talk about the sex scene when Barbara fucks Brian's brother? <sighs> I guess it's not well it leads to a, a, a crazy thing go ahead so um Barbara she she's so sad and so lonely she doesn't understand why Brian's doing this to her and he has all these locks on his doors and what are oh yeah the buckets he has all these buckets why does he have all these buckets mm-hmm. of water and leave he won't leave the bathtub there's this part where he's just maniacally laughing in the bathtub. I think just having a fun time with Elmer in the bath. Um, so she doesn't understand what's going on. Elmer's just a fucking and bath toy. <laughs> that's what it seemed like in that moment. He's having such a, he's having such fun. Um, and so she she falls into the arms of Brian's brother and roommate, and they bang on his pullout sofa. And it like it's 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 so long. And like too real, like uh, it was very awkward. But the cool part about it is, so like we're also again seeing like how these drugs are like strung Brian out so much that he hears them fucking. They don't know that he's home, and like he just doesn't care. But then he has a fantasy where he's having a threesome oh, yeah. with his brother yeah. and his girlfriend, and then it turns into he has like octopus suction cups on his chest. And then he sucks Barbara up and like eats her brain. So that was, that was Wild cool. Shit. That was neat. Wild. Wild uh, scenes. One part that I want to talk about that I truly can't remember how, who, what, the ear thing? Yes, that's when, when uh, Brian out. is going through withdrawals. Yeah. And he's trying to resist. So, but yeah, no, tell, us, I mean, tell us what happens. Tell me about it. What, is it, is he hallucinating oh. that? Is it, yeah. yes, is it he's Brian just imagining this is happening? Yeah. yeah. He's just so strung out and he just doesn't know how to function that he imagines just like pulling like like magician style <laughs> yeah. pulling uh, little uh, kerchiefs out of a like a whatever. Like but just like brain string for a thousand years and then eventually just ear pop off and gloop. The ear pops yeah, off, and sick. then it's and like I a think... cork was pulled out, and just like high velocity blood shooting out, like yeah. a hose. And then he th- he's like freaking out, and I think like what is it? Um, Elmer says something like just again very casual. He's like, "Uh oh, Brian!" Uh-oh. Like he's again. Looks he like does his weird leak, casual. Buddy. Yeah, <laughs> he does this weird casual sultry thing. It's really that funny. was the other moment was that so was good. cut for the X rating thing. The ear. No way! That part was so that was cool. That was like the coolest. That made my jaw drop. Gore of the movie. Yeah, like those two moments were like beyond the grossness of anything with like basket case. Frank had to be. Frank had to be I so pissed. Those are the scenes that made the movie to me. Yeah. Besides, besides just the general wiggle of Elmer, I did think I just liked how like playful and goofy the way that they made and sometimes i think maybe it was stop motion sometimes with the movements of elmer like his stop motion slash puppetry was so playful and goofy 
and that stuck with me. But besides that, it was like the throat fucking death and the the brain yeah. magic. So um let's 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 talk about how, how uh Elmer Elmer ends. Oh my gosh, it's, it's so crazy. Silly. I help help me get it goes there. from I remember it but So um the um it's when so the it turns out Papa's still not dead. It was like Elmer attacked Mama and Papa. Papa's back again. And he's like, Give me Elmer. And it's like Brian, he's getting high on Elmer juice. And Papa grabs Elmer and just squeezes the shit out of him. And it squirts all of Elmer's juice into Brian. And then, like, Elmer's dying. And then I did have a thought, like, how I did the math. How in 785 years has no one, motherfucker? How has nobody squeezed Elmer? Like, don't you think people would be, like, trying to squeeze all the drugs they could Mm -hmm. out of him once they, like, figured out you can get high on this yeah so instead but of he's a few less than 700 it's now an entire <laughs> elmer worth of of brain tripping goo but it seems that elmer's dead yeah, he's fucking dead as shit uh but then and now brian has it does some a, stuff to brian a, i mean this is an overdose if we're doing the drug metaphor he's overdosing yeah yeah, yeah. um and Fully. doesn't he like kind of run off camera and shoot himself in the head or something yeah uh, that's what yeah. no he totally grabs well, the gun and just... shoots himself in the head. Before, is it a shot? No, I think what, so here's what I thought happened. Because he starts, after the Elmer overdose, he's getting like this big blue growth that's getting bigger and oh. bigger on the yeah, front yeah, of his yeah. skull. So I thought the noise, just oh, maybe it was, he did yeah, shoot yeah. it. But maybe he no, did yeah, shoot he it, but I think the, I thought the, it was the, a skull yeah, he, has, he has his gun he and ju- he points oh, he it shoots at his it? head. Yeah. That's right. And yeah. then... So he pops it. And then it just fucking then. ends with this glorious white light coming out of this hole. Yeah. Done. His huge it's, hole And in the his electricity. Head. Don't forget about the, yeah. the zappers popping out of there, too. I love an abrupt ending. It's like... I love it. The wonders of the cosmos are erupting from Brian's skull. And he's just... <gasps> it's really Interesting cool. that that almost proves that it wasn't just a drug, though. Because other people saw that. Yeah, it's like cosmic. It's cosmic magic. goo. It, it's yeah. it's not just a drug because like drugs are a contained self experience. You don't see somebody that's taken acid and you're like, oh my oh, god, they look they like are on fucking drugs. Oh my, I mean, you could be like, oh my god, they're on drugs because they're cr- they're yeah. laying in a ball and drooling. But it's not like uh, you're not like wow, all the colors on them are brighter. Oh my god, like mm-hmm. yeah. it was like a, it was like an outward manifestation of hallucinogen for everyone that was in there so it was real it was real the whole time to some degree or maybe elmer's just a little magic whenever we say elmer i think of elmer's glue and i think of that little cow yeah or bull <laughs> i'll be honest i was wondering if you would look into elmer's glue after this oh no i so badly <laughs> wish i would have <laughs> I think again though when we found out through the long dialogue through Papa that it's not Elmer, it's Aylmer yeah. with A Y. I'm trying to remember. Did he say if he was a demon then, or just like he has a some supernatural fake entity? Reason that he was named Aylmer, remember. like meaning like I don't know, life giver or something. Oh yeah, Elmer. yeah. I, I tried to like look that. into that I didn't write into, it down. entomology of his name and didn't get uh, mm-hmm. very far. 
Seems but Elmer is a name. It's usually a last name, and it oh. did kind of turn into Elmer too. Um, okay. I don't know. It was one of my maybe maybes that I was googling, but it was boring as shit, so I stopped. Yeah, you don't want to look into the history of yeah, Elmer. Yeah, I don't know something about it. <laughs> Fuck! I wish I would have looked into glue. <laughs> I mean, I bet there's a lot of fun things I don't know about. Fuck Christ! I'm so mad. I had a whole sidetrack. I did a, I got a fun one. Oh. No, I don't. Oh. It sucks. I kind of wish that there was a brain damage too, and there specifically isn't. Like then I could do he does, really? he does not want to make another one. But I kind of wanted to know more, like even a prequel maybe, or that story. Like I want more of it. Set in twelve oh three. No, but Why also not? the future. Like uh, oh, Hellraiser, Hellraiser four. Hellraiser three. <laughs> Or four, yeah, four, yeah. I'd watch the shit out of that. Maybe I'm an idiot, but I think that'd be fun. Um, so I, I don't think we should try to directly compare a lot yet. I, I think at the end of our Frankathon, maybe we'll get more into details. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think what I don't have much more to say about this one. I don't think I liked it. It was fucking we weird, it. and it was a lot. Um. Glad we watched it. I liked yeah, it. Yeah, I liked it too. I liked it. it was one, a, one and a half thumbs up. I, I, I kind of agree with that. I'm between, I don't know. Like I did, one uh, issue I did have with, um, again, with like the lady deaths was the way that the, I, it just annoyed me that he didn't have the women fight back at all. Like they did like this thing when they were getting like throat fucked to death by Elmer where they just kind of like almost lovingly rubbed brian like they never like punched or scratched it was just like it was i don't know if it was like a way to make it still feel sexy i, yeah, I mean i gotta weird get off they when didn't... i'm watching these women get elmer fucked but wasn't it weird that they didn't flail i guess no but like no they did and like they tried to take him off their head and like that guy was choking himself but they were more flailing and it's like the those ones it, it just like it took me out of it that they weren't even flailing their arms, they're just like slowly rubbing their mm. hands. I don't know. It didn't didn't bother Did you me a whole that? lot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I doesn't didn't take me out. I didn't really notice it. I get it. Was it just but... like such a brutal way to die. I feel like there'd be more. F- I don't I know. Mean, I just maybe it was weird. If you, you know, you get your brain ripped out. You're losing your motor function. And you're just kind of more. Uh... Doesn't make sense to build to that. If it was like. Ah! And then slowly. I don't anyway, know. I think you're thinking have about it up, too. I guess. It was one I think of my you're notes. Thinking too hard there, in my opinion. I just thought it was weird. Well, uh, what do you think? We uh, see what our sponsors are thinking. Oh, sponsors! Sponsors! Guys, we need to make another fucking ad. Slasher Tracks is also sponsored by. No Dwinks. No dwinks? No dwinks at all. No dwinks at all? Could you get them um, delivered? To wibbly dwinks? No wibbly dwinks! Are you a baby but you want to get dwunk? Are you sick of milk and you want a bottle of veal? Or maybe you do still want milk, but you want to have a white wesson. To wibbly dwinks! Going to the stores for big, stupid grown-ups. Do you not have a car? I don't know how to drive. Are you just plain tired? Do you need a nap, but want to have a drink when you wake up? No wibbly dwinks! You don't have to go nowhere. 
I love the Wibbledwinks. Put some vodka in your milk. The Wibbledwinks. The Wibbledwinks. Give Dwinks to Wibbled. The Wibbledwinks. The Wibbledwinks. The Wibbledwinks. Dwunk babies. What? What? We're back. We're back. Yes. Are you guys ready for some sidetrack? Yeah, baby. Oh. Yeah. All right. What you got so, for us today? So, as we talked about throughout this episode, this movie was an obvious, you know, uh, it's about drugs. It's about being addicted to drugs. It reminded me of... It almost seemed like a satire to like those kooky 1960s anti-drug propaganda <laughs> movies. Okay. Of like the especially there's this one part, you know, where like Brian, he's in the background and there's a there's a uh homeless man, you know, drinking out of a brown bo- brown bag and it's like, oh, the the throes of addiction. Um and it made me think about just the in general the anti-drug propaganda of the 1960s and then uh-huh. we'll get into it later in my sidetrack but there's one particular myth that i wanted to get into a popular myth that i think you will both have at least heard of at least a little bit so i think we all have I think I, but i'll, I I'll have get into guess. that later yeah I, your guess is probably right okay but so what i am going to be talking I'm so scared. What I'll be talking about today is LSD. I've never heard of it. Can you explain what that means? Like, I, you know what? I have a lot of notes to explain first what LSD is. Okay. LSD stands for lysergic acid diethylamide or acid. L-A-D. Acid. <laughs> R-L. Lysergic acid. Lys- oh, wait. Lysol. Yeah. Wait, why is it LSD? Because the middle one's Saul. acid. Wipe. No, it's LSW. Well, now. Uh, isn't that LAD? Doesn't make any sense, Sloan. Well, now. <laughs> anyway. I know less than I did now. Is synth- <laughs> acid is a synthetic crystalline compound that is typically ingested by users either as a liquid, a liquid dried on blotter paper, or a pellet or microdot. Pellets are out. Effects may include... Effects may include feelings of euphoria, intensified thoughts and or emotions, and visual and or auditory hallucinations. It can also have an effect that some call ego death, or as it is described in a study published in Current Biology, the disillusion of self. Whoa. And when, like, reading that, we will... We'll get into it, but it almost reminded me in brain damage that it's like a scary version of the disillusion of self where uh, Elmer is like, you don't need to be you anymore. We're one in the mm-hmm. same. Like, you don't have to think anymore. And it's like a horror version. Of like a dare But commercial. the study. Yeah. But this study in current biology, it it's um it's like the opposite of horror. It's actually kind of like a sweet thing thinking about psychedelics or like of the positives of it. So in 2016, there's a study conducted in London uh, with 15 participants. All the participants had had some level of experience with psychedelic drugs because they didn't want anybody like trying it for the first time. And the participants would take acid or placebo and they would have their brain scanned in an fMRI. And the results were, it was like, as it said, like in the article I was reading, like a cliche proven to be true that 
the tripper feels at one with the universe, which, Namaste. but like, it's like scientifically proven they are one with the universe, which is like linked to these ideas, like, you know, talk about like the euphoric feelings that can come with acid or psychedelics, as well as like increased feelings of can empathy. Can you imagine how upset you would be? Like, dude, I found a study where they're going to give me acid. Oh, and you get the placebo. You get the fucking placebo. Yeah. Uh, they also didn't give them a ton. I guess like it wasn't like a very high dose. And they did say there's a people, different people had reported different ranges of feelings. Mm. So it's like you get, it seemed like the people that had done it a lot were not that affected, yeah. but the people that only done it a Sorry, couple bro, times. not one with the universe. Maybe... <laughs> so uh, one of the leading researchers <clears throat> on the study, I'm going to try my best to pronounce his name, Enzo Tagliazuki cool. says... You don't recognize your uh, explaining what this dis- disillusion of self is. Getting into this a little bit more, uh, you don't recognize yourself as a separate being from the universe. It feels, in a way, like transferring the consciousness from within your body to the outside world. The focus is in the objects that surround you rather than inside. So, like they they just found though through these fMRI scans that it is that was like literally what was happening in their brains um when they looked at the region of the brain that are it's like there's an area of the brain that typically fires off when there people are told to like be introspective and thinking about the like your yourself and there's another area that usually fires off when you're thinking about the perceived outside world and when these people were on acid these they were firing off at the same time and like making connections that they don't usually do like on a sober brain like the acid brain it's like these things are going off at the same time that they don't do in a normal brain so that like was just uh, an explanation this is why you feel that way it's just like those things are firing off in your brain when you take this drug which is pretty neat Hmm. Uh, another weird thing just kind of uh, off to the side this this researcher, he was involved in another study with a different group of people, but there were some of the same people they had, like, study, you know. It's, like, their thing is to study LSD and its effects on the brain. Um, they found that – so bear with me here. I'm going to read the quote. The researchers found that LSD changes visual information in the brain. While people are on acid, they start to see activity going on in the brain, which is normally suppressed from perceptions. The ability to see this internal activity is likely responsible for hallucinations and visual distortions on LSD. So it sounds like what they're saying is it's like you're seeing the inside of your brain. Like it's almost like like it's and what I wondered Uh. is what this means is maybe like, you know, like the like with the visual hallucinations of like kaleidoscoping or something like it's actually showing you like how your brain like is using your eyeballs to interpret movement mm-hmm. and it's just like making it simpler or you're just like seeing oh, how your brain works almost that's kind of mm-hmm. cool but if like, that's real it's really yeah it's pretty cool pretty cool but so got that little background of what acid does to your brain um going to get real quick into the origins of how people found this drug. So, you know, since people has since humans have existed, we've tried to do like they found hallucinogens. It's in psychedelics. It just happens. But in 1938 is when Swiss chemist Albert Hoffman, who was working for Sandoz Laboratories, accidentally ingested a drug he was working on. He had discovered LSD. He knew that this might be important. While he was experiencing hallucinations, so he's like, "Hold on a second. How do you? 
I don't know. How do you go from working (laughs) on it to, oops, it's in my body now? (laughs) Well, but then he was like, hold on a second. So then he intentionally tried it again, intentionally tried it again. And this one was on purpose. And he was like, oh, yeah, this is cool. (laughs) And confirmed, it says that the text as I was reading confirmed his suspicions and, you know, shared his findings with Sandoz Laboratories. And this, uh, I think it was like a chemical and like pharmaceutical company. And they began marketing the drug as a possible aid in treating uh, many forms of mental illness. And as we talked about before, you know, this is 1938. This is like the Wild West of time of brain drugs. So they're like, let's try it. This could help people. They were still giving cocaine out to for everything. Oh yeah, yeah, cocaine, heroin, do whatever you want. Go back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Sandoz, the company, they became a big provider of LSD for decades, uh, giving it to researchers looking to study the effects and then also the possible therapeutic uses for LSD. But that was until when everything until 1962. In 1962. The Kefauver Harris Amendments to the Federal Food and Drug Cosmetic Act were passed. And this amendment is super lame. It put really stringent regulations on experimental drugs that would legislate the way they were used in research. And so this law made it, so to read here, this law now required stricter proof that a drug was efficient before it could be used. It was like, you have to show that there's already, it was like, it doesn't make sense. It's like, you have to say that this drug has already been researched and will be effective before you can can test it. it. But I think that was the point, that they didn't want people to use experimental stuff anymore. And they were trying to stop things like studying LSD, like, and psilocybin and stuff like that. Like, because this was also the time where, the government and lame people decided that psychedelics were bad. So now we're going to get into uh, how the government kind of worked with, not necessarily I'm saying like in a conspiratorial way, but at the same time when the government was cracking down on these studies like using psychedelic drugs is also when all the propaganda was coming out in the 1960s that were really scaring people. So if we're thinking it's the 1960s, you know, it makes people, as we talked about, it makes people think differently and more empathetically and more open. But that's not good if you want your teens to grow up to fight in wars and be like productive members Ooh, of society. Yikes. So it's pretty scary. It's like you don't want them to do that. So what do you do? You make sure that the majority public opinion is on the same page. We are afraid of it. We're angry at it. We don't want our kids to do this. So how do you propagate that is having stories and propaganda films made about like against these drugs it was about recruiting people into the war or military they were definitely related yeah because like and then also like the hippies were all anti-war and it's partly because these drugs that are like making them feel empathy yeah and i know this sounds like cliche but it is like a true connection and we'll get into more messed up things about like the actual motivations behind it in a minute so in 1962 the same year that that law I just told you about where they like put the kibosh on studying LSD or any cool things. Um, <laughs> no more there's an article, the kibosh. <laughs> um, there's an article in the LA Times uh, that titled LSD problem for both science and law. Um, the article, you know, it's a fear provoking 
article, they're talking about how LSD is running rampant on college campuses. I guess the journalists that went to talk, I think it was UCLA maybe, that they went to go talk to college students to see like just how many students are doing doing acid. And two of the students they asked like offered to sell them some. Like, yeah, man, do you need some? And <laughs> so that was like a funny note. But um, But then like the conclusion by the LA Times was, you know, it's taking over the young people. We must destroy the drugs. It'll destroy your children. Um, and they do like pretend to be unbiased because they talk to this one LSD researcher who does talk about how uh, he had done studies that showed that it helped uh, treat alcoholism, um, which I think is something that people are mm-hmm. still talking about today. You just kind of had to stop talking about it. But then that guy also, he, here's a quote, said it that LSD does cause psychological damage. Uh, oh, wait, no. Psychological damage from the drug is not unusual, but we will see later that that is not true. Anyway, but the thing that I thought was also interesting in this article is there's, they talked to this cop called Lieutenant Guiden, and I feel like he's, like, sums up in his quotes of, like, the the fear that the normies and old people had of young people and drugs. Um, nice use of normies. <laughs> like, so here's a quote. I'm going to try to do, like, <clears throat> I'm Lieutenant Guiden. Officers could detect LSD users because there's no smell of alcohol on the subject's breath. He has a weak pulse and dilated pupils as in users of a drug and an unusual responsiveness to religious or mystic suggestions. He continues by describing people high on LSD as kind of weird saints. Holy shit, Sloan. That sounded like Joe from Family Guy. Who? Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Oh, the wheelchair guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It there we go. Very, very much. Uh, uh, can you do it again, but say, Peter, stop pissing in your beer or something? Peter, stop pissing in your beer. I, don't, uh, I, I can't do it on purpose. I, I, I mean, pretty, pretty good first try. Um, so, but I thought that that quote, the kind of weird saints, like they're weirdos and they're being too nice. I don't like it. I don't know. I just thought that was goofy. And, you know, and I, like, I was watching yeah. all these propaganda videos and stuff. It was making me stuff, think of, like, this... a cop pulling someone over and then, like, showing them religious symbols to, like, prove that they're on drugs. <laughs> yeah, like, which ones do you like? Blowing like, if you your don't mind, like, like... man? <laughs> or if, like, you like Jesus and Buddha, like, oh, he's on drugs. Yep. He likes too, too open-minded. much of it. <laughs> Basically. There's this, like, and there's... I, there's this one, like, propaganda video I watched from the 60s. There's, like, this guy, you know, like, with his glasses and a lab coat and a quote from it. One thing we know is that LSD is entirely unpredictable. Any user can have a bad experience each time they take LSD. A bad trip is an instant insanity, often a never-never-land to no return. It's, mm. like, so spooky and scary. Like, every time it's going to be bad and you'll break your brain forever. It's true. First time. It's not a myth. So silly. It's not a myth. It's fact. Um, so, yeah. There's just all these articles. Too. It's just It was just a thing. It was in the zeitgeist. All these articles in the 60s perpetuating this idea that LSD was not, like, just scary and it'll, like, make kids have be more open-minded, but it'll, like, have devastating effects on their brain. Long-term psychosis and mental illness that you just, like, cannot recover from. But the thing was, too, like, they would try to cite scientific studies but then they like either wouldn't be true or they'd have like these inflated numbers there's one in 1966 uh in the new york it's like weird too because they're like reputable papers this one is the new york times uh where the article titled stronger curbs on lsd proposed 
And they had this dude, um, he was the chairman of the New York County Medical Society Narcotics Committee, and he did not like acid. He said, you know, it's going to permanently change your brain, it's going to be bad. And as proof, he said that there were 75 patients admitted to Bellevue Hospital for acute psychosis that year linked to acid use. But then when, like, they actually looked into it, not they, like, people later, like, looking at these claims and that are studying, like, this propaganda... Most of the re- people that they're talking about recovered in days or at least less than a week and only five had a prolonged stay. And it's also like, that's probably not like, you know, is it correlation or causation? Is this a person that did drugs that also happened to have mm-hmm. mental illness? Mm-hmm. Or did they yeah, take like a hundred so. doses or something? Yeah. And we'll get into this a hundred doses thing. That's exciting. But then the other weird part that's kind of this dark history of like why people were so like why the the old fogies were so hellbent on stopping the college kids from taking LSD is that it was being quote used by white middle class youngsters. That was the problem. The, youth, the people that were the good youth. It was it, the good youth. That was the thing. It was like they didn't want those kids to be doing it. There was this, uh, so remember we mentioned there was like the FDA, they put like a big halt on studying acid and psychedelics and all fun, fun things to do. And, uh, but then there was a Senate subcommittee in uh, the 60s that didn't want to just do that. Like they were the ones that were saying that we needed to criminalize the use of LSD. And they thought with these, you know, middle class white youngsters that the criminalization is what that will stop them. And then it was a weird thing, too, because then they were talking about there in this article from the 60s. They talked to the sociologist who was saying, like, these are the kids we need to stop Mm -hmm. because, um, let's see, a sociologist unnamed argued that people from poorer classes would likely avoid LSD because it would augment their dismal environment, detracting from any pleasure derived by the drug. So Mm -hmm. he's saying... Like, you don't even need to worry about the poors or the browns because they're, at least this is how I interpret it, their lives are so bad and, like, their environments are bad. They just have a bad trip anyway, bad. so they're not, so they're That's not trying movie. it. It's it's just. That's sorry. True. Wait, what movie? Uh, it's called Super Bad. Jonah Hill's in it, and also so is Michael yeah. Sarah, and uh, yeah. so is McLovin, and basically they just try to go and have, like, a really fun time. It's mm. almost like a drugs drug movie, but uh, except there's no <laughs> drugs in it except alcohol and maybe some weed, which isn't really a drug yeah. because I'm in Illinois. So Goldschlager doesn't count. Is a star of that. Um, but yeah, so the 1960s, it was just the thing was all the articles that are warning against it. It's about like how it was destroying nice white families. There are all these like fear. There's these other fear articles too about like teens slipping it to their parents and then like these fake stories about junior high students trying it like they didn't junior high kids weren't doing it it was all just like fake but it gets people riled the fuck up so this messaging is being perpetuated in the media all this stuff but there's this one particular piece of propaganda that was like my goal of what i wanted to talk about and i want i thought just like this background of like this propaganda machine against like working like in tandem with the government restrictions was interesting but there's this one that i wanted to talk about and it's related to oranges mm. okay. the so, citrus so boosts uh okay. uh we'll get there okay. we'll get there Maybe you guys a haven't heard this, because I feel like it's that. a, this is like a friend of mine type of story, like a my cousin thing. So, okay. In 19, I think it was 1967. Good year. The, in, 
in uh, the it? New York Times, there was this article called Turn On, Tune In, and Drop Out. LSD users describe their experiences during a psychedelic trip. If you guys aren't familiar, the beginning of that Turn On, Tune In, and Drop Out, it's a play on a quote from, like, in, like, Timothy Leary's, like, phrase, like, the guy that really promoted psychedelics in that time. And so, like, this journalist is being a real stinker, like, using his words no. against him. But it's the usual propaganda. Kids are going crazy. They're jumping out of windows. And, like, none of it's, like, cited or sourced. It's just all these anecdotes. And one of the anecdotes is that a young LSD user hallucinated that he was an orange. (laughs) And if anyone touched him, his juice would spray. And now, does this ring any bells to you guys? Does this ring any, like, the orange part, does this bring any bells to you? I've never heard this before in my life. No. Why oh is my this God. I feel like this like I've heard that be... about DMT. Like people have weird so, DMT stories. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. We'll see that it's just like a thing that falls into you, like maybe other drugs is like it's been a there's so many articles that I found. There's like a Snopes, which was one of them, but then there's like there's all these magazines and like articles that I was finding that I guess you guys haven't heard it, but I feel like I've heard the story so many times of like, yeah, man, my cousin, he was, he was like running from the cops and he had a hundred tabs of acid on him. And so he thought they were going to catch him. So he did all the tabs and now he's in a mental institution and he thinks he's an orange. And then the other version of it is like, like there's slight variants or like, yeah, man, like this guy that went to my high school, he graduated like two years. He graduated like two years before me, but like he was coming back from Canada with a bunch of acid and he had it taped to his chest, right? And then they were searching his car. So he was like super nervous and he started sweating and then it broke his brain and he thinks he's a glass of orange juice. And if you tip him, he will die. Have you guys not heard these stories? It's all oranges specifically? It's all, they're all orange specific. I've never this is heard a cultural before. phenomenon. I had heard. How have you guys I never heard this? You were going for a, a less, ex, excuse me, a less exciting thing where you take citrus and it makes the experience more intense because of like vitamins or shit. I've never heard of. Well, I was orange, gonna get bro. to. It. I was. I was gonna get to that. I figured at least one of you guys had heard the story because it's such a cultural I, phenomenon that everyone has heard I this story in their high drug school. Users. It's such like a story you hear like in high school, like yeah, my cousin or like this guy from like the town over totally happened so to man. Have you, like, had you heard of that before reading this? I've heard it multiple oh. times, and then there's so many articles, Butler. and it's a story that is perpetuated. No, it's a story that's perpetuated the day that started in the '60s, and so oh, what I was looking for is where did this fucking orange story Please start? Tell me. But so we see it seems. It seems that the first evidence of it was in this 1967 article where the guy, this journalist, just is doing all these anecdotal stories. Like, all oh, these kids going crazy, jumping out of windows, killing themselves, turning into oranges. <laughs> They're fried. And so I have, I have, like, two main theories on where the orange part came from. Are you ready? I guess. Possib- possibility number one. There's a particular brand of LSD that was distributed in 1967. So, in the mid-60s, there's a pair of fellas, Nick Sand and Tim Scully. They got together. Nick Nick Sand, he's a stereotypical 1960s rebellious hippie guy. He loves yoga. And then we got Tim. He's a computer... 
yoga. He does he yoga. Both. He did it then. He does it now. He loves doing it nude. He's a nude oh, yoga guy. Okay. And then his partner Seriously? in crime nude? is Tim. He loves What's being nude. But like, he likes. I haven't seen he likes it. Doing yoga in the nude. Yeah, to be free and connected with the earth. Okay, I don't like it. Anyway, he likes to stretch with those balls free, baby. Okay, the other guy, he got way too stuck on the naked yoga. I don't like it. I feel like that's how you just get We got to get through this. (laughs) Then we got Tim. He's like the opposite, right? He's a computer engineer. He only eats white food. Does he compute in the nude? He's the sign. He's not nude. He's, he's not like that nude. kind of guy. He's like he's he's like a never nude. He's a straight laced he nerd. His clothes but off what in the they? Shower? I don't know. You know, there's a lot of documentaries okay. I need to watch to get more information. But we're just doing a touch, a light touch on these two guys. So he's the brains behind the operation. So they're very different, but they both had a life-changing experience in the early 1960s when they tried acid for the first time. And they both shared the belief that if enough people would try acid, to quote them, they would, they could turn on the world, man. <laughs> oh, man. Like, get them plugged in, bro. Um, so... Early 1960s, acid was pretty hard to come by, and even to the mid-1960s. But this duo, Tim and Nick, they were gonna... They're a big part of changing that and making it available and, like, making acid the fucking thing of the 60s. So, Scully, Tim, he had uh, he had some operations, but, like, his biggest one of making LSD was when he teamed up with Nick, who was a member of the Brotherhood of Eternal Love, who are also their drug distributors, drug distributors far out um they rented a farm they rented a farmhouse in windsor california to create an lsd lab they were making four million tabs a month at a certain point like they're making a ton like they're there's so much lsd now getting on the market because of these two dedicated weirdos that wanted to wake up the world man and so here's the thing guys the brand of lsd they are making do you want to know what it was called orange, orange. Orange sunshine, and it was always orange tablets. Oh. The quick, so, quick pause here in my IMDb yeah. notes. Um, the Sunshine Hotel they are in in the movie was apparently a nod mm. to drugs. I had not heard of that one, but boom. that that's definitely a nod to them. That's a nod to them. It definitely is. There's a lot of stuff about them where they use sunshine in the name. There's a documentary. So if you guys want to learn more about them, there's a documentary called The Sunshine Makers. It is currently free on Roku, Pluto, Tubi, Vudu, and Amazon. But uh, anyway, the operation was short-lived with the government crackdown on LSD. Uh, it only lasted about one to two years with their big warehouse. Um, the two went down different roads. Watch the documentary if you want to learn more about them. They're very different guys that had a similar dream and goal. They're, they're interesting. Possibility two with the orange juice thing is the thing that Aaron was talking about is the orange juice to make acid more effective. And it's not just acid. Like people will then say it about MDMA and they'll say it about shrooms and just like all the all all the fun drugs. And it's not always the same thing. Like some people have heard that it can stop a bad trip. Some people have heard if you drink it first, it'll prevent you from having a bad trip or that it will enhance your trip. And Here's the thing. Here's the like thing. It's not bullshit. true. It reminds me of like people being superstitious about what is it? White lighters because of Bob Marley or something. Yeah, 
So it is one of those things, kind of. It's partly true, but mostly untrue. The thing is, is that um, acetic acid, which is in many citrus fruits, can specifically help you metabolize psilocybin, which you get from mushrooms. But also, like orange juice that you go to the grocery store is very low in acetic acid. They don't want to have that much in it because it'll hurt people's tummy. So they specifically remove it from orange juice. And and oranges don't have that much acetic acid even. Like if you get a fresh orange. So, but there was this professor of neurology and biochemistry named James James Giordano, and he recommends you just squeeze a lemon into a glass of water when you take your shrimps. Oh, he also made a really be good. good pizza store. Did he? Giordano's? Yeah. That's a giant pizza cool. chain in Chicago. Oh, shit. Oh, okay. Drugs pizza, I bet. Do they have a special mushroom special? Uh, just deep dish, which is an abomination. Oh, okay. God, fuck that stuff. I know. I'd rather kill kittens, kill children, push the 65 and up button. <laughs> so I'm a, I am floored that neither of you guys have heard the orange juice or orange myth. Hopefully, at least one of our listeners has. You're hanging out with the I wrong have, crowd. Um, I have heard about the sweating, like, had like a, this the person had like so much acid and they they were like running from the cops and they almost got caught but yes then they just got so high and it broke their brain but that was all i heard i never yeah because they had like the, the acid in their pocket so real Get quick we're almost done i just want i felt like i do need to talk about like because we're talking about all this stigma and like these stories and really quick there has been no scientific link between psychedelics actually breaking your brain. It's just not true. There are, there is a hallucinogen persisting perception disorder. That's flashbacks. It usually happens for like maybe a day or two. It'll happen maybe two days after. You'll see a halo or something. Oh, that's not real, right? That's it. Like, it, it seems that it, it can be real, but at most it'll be two days later. And it's just like a, just a touch of maybe a visual that'll come back for a second and like, I remember that's it. like being at and, a show or something and there was this like older like scum punk piece of shit that was like he would like crack his back and say that like every so often he'll get like a little mini acid trip because it's like cracking open old acid pockets it could maybe acid beer inside your bones fucking stupid <laughs> and I'm you know like 15 like whoa dude he's gonna trip yeah but, like, that's those stories, man. That's what I'm talking about. It's, like, these myths. But really quick, it just doesn't seem to be a thing. There is maybe severe versions of that, but they haven't been well documented. Maybe it's because people aren't telling their doctors that they're having severe flashbacks. It's most likely because it doesn't really happen. With the whole, yeah, permafried, there hasn't been, like, any sign. Like, at most, like, when they have studied this, um, with like psych, uh, finding a connection between psychedelics and psychosis, it's more likely correlation and not causation. They didn't find any causation. It's just people with mental illness that also do drugs. Um, and one thing is just that it might actually help your neuron, help you make new neurons, not destroy them. I didn't know you could make new um, neurons. I thought that was the whole thing. Yeah, there was there was a study in 2018 where they did a test on animals in vitro, giving them microdoses of LSD. It altered their brain structure and promoted growth of new neurons, and uh, it led the scientists to conclude that, with, with more, it doesn't matter, their conclusion was that 
what they found from it is it could help with anxiety disorders, depression, and PTSD, which is a thing we've already been hearing about with like microdosing psilocybin and Man, stuff. I so I it's also just, bought into some propaganda. I thought it was like you cannot grow new brain cells. I gotta stop wearing helmets. This is. I mean, getting ner- like neurons making new connections. That's huh. like okay promoting your brain growth. Well, and connections. Stuff. That's like, but you're saying grow new neurons. I think isn't it? This, I don't know. The more neuron con- neural connections, the more neurons there are. No, there right? should be more connections. I feel like between neurons, right? Maybe it's neural connections, neural okay. pathways. Yeah, promoting new neural okay. pathways yeah, keep, or healthier neural pathways. Then. You should wear a helmet. Uh, Whenever you walk. I don't think I have a helmet. Anyway, it seems like the bad things that happen are because acid is really cool and uh, to act like it's too strong. Real acid is. And so it's cut. And then the bad things that happen to people are because it's poorly cut acid. Mm. From what I've read, it's like, yeah, bad things can happen, but it's not from the LSD. It's from the weird shit that they put in with it. So that's acid. And the orange thing, which I'd hoped one of you guys had heard no, about. No, I'm, I'm glad we hadn't, though. That's fucking goofy. Yeah. No ideas. I was hoping to be like, no way, that's where that comes from? No I dude. heard my uncle turn into a glass of orange juice. No. Hanging out with the wrong crowd, kid. I got that one neater. After some dead Wait, air, <laughs> I've got something to talk about as well, believe it or not. Yeah, blow my fucking mind, stepmom. What you got? So, yeah, I, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be sucking them down. Uh, so, you all remember, um, you remember the song when they're in the club, right? And it's like this new wave. Everybody's feeling real good. Everybody's hopping around. Yeah. And you're like, what is this song? What is this song? Is this a real band? It is. It's the Swimming Pool Cues. Mm -hmm. You know, the really famous band. Um, They, you know, they toured with Devo. They toured with the police. Um, Not nearly the success of either of those. Um, The song is called Corruption. And, you know, it's it's a nice little tune, I'd say. When you're listening to it, you think about you think about jumping. You might think about bopping around. Yeah, I like much that like song. much like in the film. You know, you think, "Look, wow!" Yeah, I think I'm getting get a, re- a pretty little lady and stick my blue alien in her. Exactly, and you, it's a real song. Like it feels like a real song, mm-hmm. which I thought was strange, just because of the quality of everything else in the movie. I was like, "Yeah, good point." This kind of sticks out. It felt almost like music videoy because we get some shots of uh, the singer close up. Um, I'm not going to go into their names because this was a spiral. I, it was like I was going down the drain. I just kept finding things and just kept getting sucked more and more, uh, much like the alien. Um, so, first thing that I found is I was like, I told, I told my fellow slashers that I would find something about this band before mm-hmm. I had even looked into them at all. Before I had finished the movie, um, I said. Oh, you're not going to look into the swimming pool cues? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Hey, you didn't find anything, Aaron? Were you full of shit? Had you not even looked yet? I hadn't. You are you but, are a monster. I like doubled but, up on my Googling trying to figure out what you're talking about. Oh, hey. Well, glad glad I made you do your research. Made you do your job. 
Um, so the first thing that I found it, after scouring their website, which was made 10, 10 or 10, 15 years ago, is that they recently ish did a music video for the song Corruption. And the video has it's spliced with archival footage of a live performance, a current ish live performance and some really interesting uh, puppet action mm-hmm. of like a robotic um, Almer on like a trash can. Think, think. Um, I want to say Grouch. Oscar Marks. the Grouch. Oscar the Grouch. Yeah. Yeah. You got you got me there. Yeah. Yeah. And th- that's the music video. And then I said, no, we must go deeper. There's a video mentioned at the end of that. And it said, uh, footage of Almer is courtesy of another video titled Almer, the brains, the voice, the worm. The worm. Damn, you and found I, it too? You found this? I found the YouTube video. It was super hard to find. Yeah. It was very hard to find. I found it on uh, Vimeo, which, you know, felt even more like I was uh, internet sleuth. Uh, I felt pretty good about it. Um, So you saw this and you saw how weird it was that the entire video is just like the same street performance of uh, Oscar the Grouch Almer just jiggling and singing like Frank Sinatra. Uh huh. Some like. Napalm Death. Yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently, a band called the Stagitory Apes, um, and and just like a few other songs, and it's just like four minutes of that. It's very, very odd. There's just like a little sign in front of it that says like, "If you support my art, donate to me," and it has mm-hmm. like a little hat that people could throw donations in. Super strange. Um, but then I went further. And I looked into the people that were mentioned at the end of that video. Um, first was Noel Kellett. Noel Kellett is the creator of the uh, the uh, puppet, the little wiggling uh-huh. puppet that was dancing to the music. Um, he actually sells or sold. He's no longer on Etsy, but he sold casts of Almer. You could oh, buy shit. Almer from him. Um, he made them in silver, brass, copper. Um, it took 25 business days. He asked for that much time. So apparently they were like, he was producing them fresh, I would assume, because I don't think he has a backlog of them. Fresh His armor looks um, like pretty good. It was more octopusy, but it was still good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It was, it was a quality <clears throat> thing. Um, and then I was like, what else has Noel Kellett done? And I assumed not much. And I was mostly right. But he did do special effects on Frankenweenie. Oh, <laughs> weird. That's the exact reaction I wanted is just a nice little, oh, that's that's a that's a cute <laughs> little thing. Um, But that's that's not really my whole that whole ended there. And I was like, oh, I did the same thing. I went, oh, <laughs> and then that was it. I was I looked, tried to find interviews of him. He doesn't exist on the Internet, really. There's nothing. No Etsy page. They're truly a dead end. I think I probably could have tried really hard and found something, but eh, it wasn't easy enough. And also I found something else that made my me go, huh? So the director mm-hmm. of that music video, music video, the, it's not even a music video. It was a strange little fucking thing of watching Elmer dance 
to music that exists. It it's was almost performance like, art more than a video. But like performance art that like eighth graders would do. Like, hey, cool let's make a little graders. thing. Let's make a little thing. You're really stuck on these middle schoolers, that, man. I it, it, something about this reeked middle schoolers to me. Um, <laughs> but like, it just was like, why would you do? Why would you make a video of this? And credit yourself. Well, but we're getting there. Uh, Bill Burton was the director of that. Director. He directed a little puppet dancing to a few <laughs> songs that are copyrighted. All right, weirdo. Let's look into you. That was on Vimeo. Let's go to your Vimeo page. Easy peasy. Let's l- let's go in there. He does commercials. He's a commercial biz whiz. And I was like, what are you talking about? This is crazy. He did do a few horror shorts, but a lot of his work is for the chain rest chain fast food restaurant Jack's. Jack's. I think it's Jack in the Box. Wait, oh, I got. But like, oh, it's yeah, now like, Jack's. Yeah, Jack in the Box. I assume. What? Jack's is Jack's and Jack in the Box. There's Jack's its own thing. I think Jack in the Box is still Jack in the Box. Okay, then this is its yeah. own fucking thing. Jack's. Uh, Maybe it's more regional. Probably. It's. I think it's California based. Um, but okay, I it was just marveled at the fact that this was his life um and there were just all kinds of like fast food ads by this guy um and i was scrolling down i was scrolling down i was scrolling down and one really caught my eye that was not jacks it was for checkers and huh, as in checkers and rallies oh yes in this one, oh boy. featured You've got Sloan's attention now. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm listening. I love their fries. Oh, really? You love their fries? <laughs> yeah. Would yeah, you eat a lot no. of their fries? Yeah. How many fries would you eat? <sighs> I don't know. Well, okay, let me put it a different way then. How many of I don't their know, like, how many how fries many of their fries would you eat? How many of their large fries would you eat in sixty seconds? Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, it's like my hubris tells me that I could eat at least two of them if I if there was a challenge and I had a glass of water. But I don't know. They're pretty. They're very greasy. They all they hurt your heart oh, fast. You'd be. Um, it's a day. So. Ruiner. Yeah. Well, tell that to championship eater Kobayashi. In this ad, Kobayashi is in this Kobayashi? ad. We get to Kobayashi. <laughs> oh, I and, love this podcast. And um, <laughs> he said, they, they said that they were, the beginning of the ad says, we're going to make a Kobayashi sized fry. And we're, it's going to be based on how many he can eat in 60 seconds. And then wow. they show a time lapse of him eating five large fries in 60 seconds. What the fuck? And it's to promote like a that there's. Dude, it's insane. He did do some water action, but like you have to. But it's to yeah. promote that they were doing a one dollar large fry, but they don't have a Kobayashi size. They had like a prop one, and it was just like this giant vat of like fries. <laughs> I feel like they can't <laughs> legally sell that. That's like the frozen, like the frozen food bag size, like how you get them at the oh, grocery yeah, store. It truly was. It, it, but it was in like the same cardboard sleeve deal. It looked yeah, beautiful. Love it. Um, so the, the bulk of my, uh, my little, my little sidetrack dip is going to be Kobayashi. We got there. So, um, there is very little biographical information that, that was easily available. 
Like really, he's he's such a star. We know his Wikipedia, name. Um, he's a household I name. I know. Wikipedia immediately goes to his like records. Actually, mm. it says early. It doesn't even say early life. It says biography, and the first sentence is Kobayashi skipped his brother's wedding to eat uh, <laughs> fifty hot dogs in twelve minutes. <laughs> Well, that's more important. Oh, that's literally... Can you imagine being the brother? Like, what? he didn't show up. He ate 50 hot dogs instead. He's also Fuck. the only champion eater that's a fucking household name. That, it's true. It's because so, he's the godfather of competitive eating. He was the one that really popularized it and made a name for himself and became a regular at all these places. Everyone else kind of fell in his footsteps. Um, the, the next well, day... He also ate another, like, he after he ate those 50 hot dogs after his brother's wedding, did it a fucking again. Um, what? I figured he needed recharge days. <laughs> yeah, no, I figured yeah. it's a recharge week. Like, it was just, like, not eating yeah. and just, like, maybe vomiting. Um, just gonna go over a few of his his, his high stats here. Um, he ate 50, 58, oh, I didn't write the time, but he ate 58 brats. That's already just, like, you can eat that, like, <sighs> eating 58 brats in a day is already kind of like, you I did a lot, but. I eat 58 brats in a year. No, there's no way I could eat 58 brats in a day in a week. That's insane. Whatever the time You could probably do it. Impressive. Wouldn't be Are fun. there buns? It wouldn't be fun. Yeah, it wouldn't be fun. That'd still be too many brats. Yeah. down probably seven to ten a day. Yeah. Not great. I didn't do he that. Ate Eighty-three dumplings <sighs> in eight minutes. Um, wow. Then the next day, he had a hundred pork, uh, uh, little little pork boys for uh, in twelve minutes. This is making me curious about his strategy. Like he's like maybe pre-stretched. Oh yeah, and so you no, got he, it. He doesn't back to back because he's stretched. Yeah, oh. no, it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of mi- a lot of milk and protein. He'll he'll fill up on a lot of milk and protein for a long time, and slowly. So it's like do them back to back. Yeah, yeah, because. I'm already big. Yeah, and I looked into a few other people, and they also would just like work their way up to it. Like they'd pound like 40 hot dogs, and then slowly like go like, all right, now I do 50 the next day, and then I do 60 the next day, and you just keep stretching and stretching and stretching. Do they vomit when they're done? Or good question. I didn't get anything on that, but also I didn't really look for it. I was actually eating when I was doing this, and I was already feeling pretty gross. Well, like you have to be morbidly obese. You just ate a month's worth of calories, and like. 10 minutes they have to throw it up they have to man just imagine their poops regardless they gotta be insane kobayashi has a custom toilet he has a custom anus he probably had a new one built (laughs) for him (laughs) you know how like there's like professional like guitars that are from a certain guitarist like imagine the kobayashi toilet That'd be good. I'm, dude, that would sell so well on HSN, QVC. Like, if it's like, it's guys night and we're talking toilets, like, that would the, sell. The Kobayashi dumper. My grandpa anything. would have definite. Dude, my grandpa is so proud of his, like, intense toilet. He was like, this thing can swallow up marbles. Like, my grandpa would have bought the Kobayashi toilet for sure. It's badass. Pulls my insides out <laughs> when I flush if I don't stand up. Anyway, back to step Bob. Um. Oh, just some other like fucking contests that he won. He won the 2005 Alka Seltzer U.S. Open, which is a just just wrote that one down for the name. Um, Love it. Good, good branding, Alka Seltzer. Um, and, and yeah, truly, and uh, one another thing that I thought was very uh noteworthy is. 
he lost a competition to a 1,000 pound Kodiak bear. They had, they did a bunless hot dog eating (laughs) contest, like just, just the dogs. Um, when he did it, apparently he said that he won in like the, the pre, the pre taping, but, um, in the, the taped version, he ate 31 bunless hot dogs and the bear ate 50 bunless hot dogs in two and a half minutes. So, but he, he later beat it. He did like 52 at another competition. So he Fuck can out eat that fucking bear. That bear has since died. But also, that bear wasn't even trying. The bear was just having a snack. The bear was mm-hmm. just having a snack. Yeah, no one told that bear, eat as fast as you can. Yeah. They actually did, though. He's just having a good-ass time. Um, there was a lot of controversy for a while about, like, Kobayashi. Um, uh, one, they they invented, like, the uh, no-dip rule occasionally. Because like he left too many chunks in his fucking water, and they're like, "Hey, that's that oh can't be gosh. a thing." And they started like wow. measuring measuring how much falls out of your mouth. Like that's like start that became the new standard. There's like in because they're jealous, kind of. Um, he was actually arrested because um, what happened was he there is a the Nathan's hot dog eating contest, which is the biggest hot dog eating contest of the year. Started requiring. I love Nathan's hot dogs. They started requiring a sponsor, or uh, yeah, a sponsoring team, or like a, sp- a sponsoring thing, and they ate up all of his profits. What would happen is if he had a if he had a sponsor, he would max out at forty thousand dollars that he could win, and the his sponsor would get the rest. So he's like, not doing that shit. Um, and he went to a hot dog eating contest and he went up to congratulate uh, the winner and he got arrested. He got detained and then he was like, no, I'm not getting detained and uh, got de- arrested and charged with resisting arrest. Um, what the f- I don't wait, understand how this is. Wait, why was he arrested? I, I understand For jumping this- up on stage. He jumped up on stage to congr- congratulate the person after they won and they, they detained him. Uh, charged him with trespassing and something else and then he said like I'm never gonna do another Nathan's hot dog eating contest again man I just said I love Nathan's hot dogs and now now we're back I, to heave natties what do I do you gotta gotta stay out of <sighs> you gotta gotta stay away from hot dogs in general honestly they're weird just don't think about them nah yeah I don't know <laughs> I don't know I can't defend a, a hot dog, obviously. <laughs> but I fucking love hot dogs. Like I talk about hot dogs maybe once. Yeah, a we week. talked about Sloan. Sloan got really excited uh, our upcoming trip on the other side of the world because we're close to a place that serves hot dogs. <laughs> I'm excited that a French bar serves like it looks like fancy hot dogs, nice. and I want to know how the French do it. Anyway. It's called Octopussy, too, is the name of the bar. It's called Octopussy, and they have hot dogs. I'll be honest. I'm pretty into it as well. You're intrigued. Fair. Um, some other records that Kobayashi has beaten, um, and this is this is nearing the end um, here um, because it ties back. Um, he had 15.5 pizzas in 12 minutes. He ate what? twenty pounds of rice balls in thirty minutes. <gasps> Ugh. Oh. What Ugh. did he 
you are do you it ready? by pound. I hate it. Are, are uh, you are you ready? Yeah, it's hard. Are you ready? This yeah. is this is the one. Yeah. Is it blue dick? He ate seventeen point seven pounds of cow brains. Oh <gasps> no. Did he even have hot sauce or anything? I didn't write it's down the like time. I didn't brain? write down the time because I was so excited that brain? he just ate brains. I got like that was the gro- I got goosebumps. I, I had a brain sandwich once, and it was Ugh. easily the grossest food I've ever had in my life. I had a half of one I brain. Ate it. Oh my god! I would not eat brain ever. <gasps> There's actually a disease <sighs> that derives. Uh, it's generally Africa. It was. Kuru? Found in Africa. Yeah, Kuru from eating brain. Yeah, not real. It's like the orange thing. Is it? No, I think it is very real. But I was gonna say I'm like ninety five percent certain that, that one's real. I think it is more prevalent in certain animal brains, and so it's like the one that Kuru comes up in the that, that was most rest- like restaurants don't serve it or something. They switched the one I was at switched from cow brains to pig brains because of mad cow disease. Mm. Did you know that mad cow disease is probably going is going to last? Like people are just now showing signs of mad cow disease like Ooh, 15 weird. 20 years later. So people are just going to start like fucking hobbling around and dying. That's bad. Later. That's perfect for this whole apocalypse, you know, version of the world that we're going through that we're going to have mad cow. Why at not? The same time. Makes sense. Why not? Very cool. Yeah, so uh, we got the swimming pool cues were a great (sighs) springboard for me. Man, he had to poop out or puke out 17 pounds of brain. The boy only weighs like 125 natively. It doesn't make any fucking sense. He's a small guy. He has to throw it up. There's no way. Well, I guess he said that his weight is fluctuated up to 197 pounds. So it's mm-hmm. that is a huge That's difference. Massive. Also, if like, and if yeah. his and if his standard weight is one twenty five. Well, if he's down in twenty pounds for a single challenge and he does it prep yeah. for it the That's day just before, pounds of brains. yeah, yeah. I think like real realistically, I think it ebbs and flows. Like the ebbs are like when he's training and like fl- like when he's not it's fucking heavy. I just like when like I, I have watched him eat their... I've watched him eat and he's never looks like a big mm. guy at least in the videos that I've seen he's a little guy just keeps My... it all in his dump truck I've noticed that he has kind of a oh, peck got a big, yeah, big ass he kind of pecks at his food like a like and he, a he does the wiggle too the Kobayashi wiggle is that a thing yeah, yeah, he wiggles to get the food down his esophagus faster. Oh, fuck. Also relating to our that. movie with the wiggle. The wiggles? The wiggles were not in this movie. What did you watch? Oh, no, just the movie. I just, I wrote down, like, the wiggle a lot. I just, like, kept writing in my oh, notes you whenever. Mean, like, the unicorn uh, wiggle? My little pony. I should have done on My just Little that, Pony. Just, like, Elmer's movements are just so fun, fun little wiggles. Just he'd make a point. With I, I like one time he came down, uh, came down, uh, old boy's pants, and he looked like a big turd falling out of him. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember that one? It like slid down his leg, and he's supposed to be crawling, but it looked like a fucking slow, sticky turd on his leg. It was really, really I didn't nice. Notice that. It reminded me of. Uh, it reminded me of one of my good friends with loose bowels. Hmm. <laughs> I hope he's listening to this one. He won't. 
<laughs> hey, well, weird that you mentioned My Little Pony. One of my things I looked into, I can't even remember who, but it was like their brother or son invented My Little Pony. Oh and my god, maybe you get into your sidetrack now. That would be really cool. I think I might. Uh, actually, hold on. Just let Go. me adjust in my chair. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, you guys mind if I hit you with my sidetracks? Yes. I'm going to do it. Let's do it. So I have three little mini holes. Uh, Cody actually uh, found one of them. And so when we were preparing for this, I was like, hey, make sure, uh, just to make sure we're not doing the same thing. Like, hey, if you had anything that has to do with a band that the initials are B.S., just let me know. And he's like, nah. Um, and so, so in that, uh, Aylmer, the brain, the voice, the worm, one of the songs that they play is a uh, black Sabbath song, but no matter, I have two other holes. Um, <laughs> so, okay, here, here we go. Um, so we didn't talk about it when we talked about the movie, but do you remember when fucking Elmer starts si- singing, crooning? Yes, yes. I was really hoping you would look he's into this because it was bizarre. Another moment in this movie that like goes on too long. He's just singing kind of a big band style song, no accompaniment, silence. It's while I think while the guy just is in the sink. I think it's while the guy's coming off of the dr- the drugs. Yeah, yeah. I-, I wrote down a few of the lines here. Why are the stars always winking and blinking above? What makes a fella start thinking of falling in love? It's not the season, the reason, as plain as the moon. It's just Elmer's tune. And um, I took some liberties with the melody because I don't exactly remember it. But the song that he was singing, uh, cleverly enough, is called Elmer's Tune. And um, mm. it's, it's a relatively famous song. And I got a little bit about it. Um, kind of like my last one going into these... Uh, these uh, classic uh, swoons, uh, crooner types. Crooner. So, so it's not really. It's more big band. But um, so it was originally composed by a guy named, believe it or not, Elmer Elmer Albrecht Albrecht mm. in the early twenties. Albrecht. Is it the same guy that made the glue? It is Elmer's glue. He is two things: the song and the glue. Uh, actually, he is the glue. He well, oh, he, he is the glue. So, it is kind of weird, though. Um, so, Elmer, he was a student at an embalming school in Chicago. Um, Ooh! And according to him, he wrote this song, this melody, uh, no lyrics or anything, just the melody, uh, on a piano at a funeral parlor um, that, current when he was writing it, it had 12 corpses of 12 men that were killed in Chicago's Tong Wars, T-O-N-G, Tong Wars. Uh, I like where we're headed. It was a, and I, I probably could have just looked into the Tong Wars. It sounds kind of cool. Oh, I, I'm I, already upset that you did not. Too bad. Uh, it seemed. I wish I would have looked at glue. So, it, yeah, it happens. It, it was a little out of my depths, and, I, and we were about to record. But uh, the Tong Wars were like kind of Chinatown um, gang fights uh, in various Chinatowns throughout the country: Chicago, L.A., San Francisco, New York. Um, some bad shit. A um, lot of just killings, and that was in the early 20s. So there are 12 dead Tong Wars victims in this funeral parlor, and he's just plinking away in his piano. And uh, <laughs> so he kept playing the song that he wrote. Uh, he played in honky-tonk bars, um, which actually were just called honky-tonks. I didn't know that. Uh, played them in nightclubs, too. 
Um, and he had an arrangement to play a uh, piano on his lunch breaks at a venue nearby called the Aragon Ballroom. Cody, have you been there? I have. I have too. I saw Buckethead there. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, Buckethead, what a fucking thing. Yeah. Buckethead uh, gave people toys, and he did a space jam bass jam on a bass guitar. It was really good. Um, so he, on his lunch breaks, he would go um, play piano over there, and he bugged a guy named Dick Jurgens, who um, was in a big band. It's called, you know, Dick Jurgens and his orchestra. Bugged Dick Jurgens. Dick Jurgens. <laughs> God damn, it is. So Dick Jerker was, uh, he, he was like, fine, I'll, I'll make your song into a big band thing. And it ended up getting fairly popular. Um, and then it got even more popular uh, by 1941 when Glenn Miller and his orchestra picked it up. And that's that's um, where Elmer's tune is famous. So, um, yeah, it didn't have any lyrics at first. And they were struggling to name the song. And I, they, like people on the radio, like the radio DJs are like, what do we call this? And the, someone just said, Elmer's tune. And it kind of happened off that. It's got some cheeky lyrics just about why do people do all this fun shit? It's got the Elmer's tune. Um, but that was Man, just... so creative. <laughs> yeah. That, well, I'm not going to go here and quote the whole song, but it's it was better than what I just did. Um, oh, no. I'm just talking about somebody's like, we. I guess we'll just call it Elmer's Oh, tune. right, like right, that, yeah. Like some intern came in and was like, ah, uh, Elmer's uh, tune? And they're like, ah, that's the best idea we've had all day. Yeah, I don't know if the the title came before the lyrics or the lyrics. It had it sound, to have, It right? sounds like they did because I think it was running on the radio while it's instrumental. And then they wrote, well, it's called Elmer's Tune. And now they made these lyrics that worked with Elmer's that Tune. That only makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's a really weird part of the movie when this fucking blue penis alien starts singing that um, for far too long. Another moment where probably originally was way cut. And they they added in, I think, a full minute or more of this this strange thing. I liked every moment of that. Yeah, uh, it tried me. It was a lot. Um, and then yeah, I looked into the the swimming pool cues, um, that video there. But we we just we went over that one. But so, uh, stepmom briefly mentioned the statutory apes. Oh, I yeah, I didn't touch on them. Don't worry. Yeah, so. I would love to have the Blu-ray of this, and I, I maybe I'll, I'll just get it someday. A lot of content on the Blu-ray, a lot of content describing what's on the Blu-ray on the internet, um, and there's a section about <laughs> superfan Adam Skinner uh, and his band, the Statutory Apes, um, and he he had something to do with that um, that live puppet thing. He was. I can't remember. I think he was one of those three people that are named at the end. Uh, no, I, I think also uh, his band was in it. Okay, yeah. Um, his, I think I think I think what I read was his band played in it three times. Mm. Uh, like it, within that within that uh, like four minutes or whatever. I think like uh, I could be wrong. His band. I could be the wrong. songs are in that the bonus features of the disc. Okay, um, maybe that might be it. That um, might be where I'm getting the three songs from. So I looked at into them. Dude, it is fucking Bleak. goofy. Um, I'm going to share my screen. For oh, people, I'm excited. Give for me people more. listening, you, you are just going to have to use your imagination. 
um, but I will edit together little clips of it for you to enjoy. So this, so the statutory apes and, um, not to be confused with the song statutory ape by uh, black dolly murder r.i.p um this this band he's a super fan like a elmer's f- tune he's a freak yeah yeah elmer's tunes on here this guy is obsessed with with brain damage and um he's got oh my god this is insane so um this this album here where we have a monkey with tits with the Elmer Worm <laughs> on its side here, they made sixty copies of it on cassette, all signed so by Frank Henenlotter. Whoa! Yeah, Whoa. there's a relationship there. Real, like he's on the Blu-ray. Um, so the, I listened to most of this album when I'm researching this here, and I love their tagline: "The Statutory Apes, arguably the best band ever." And um, <laughs> I had their Facebook pulled up. You know, I saw this image when I was doing my research. Really? Yeah. Uh, I I had the um, their Facebook up. They they perform with like weird. Uh, That's terrifying. They look uh, like leather bandages face. on. They look like they've got raw bacon over their face. It's it's unsettling. Um, but so they made an album um, called Brain Damage the Album. And it's each song is based off of a scene in the movie. The DVD mm. chapter titles name the tracks, and they say ninety five percent of this album is awful. Um, <laughs> it's this weird. A lot of it is like kind of garage punky. Well, I'll show you. I think I enjoyed it. Um, they they ended up using some um, other bands with it too, including one that I looked into called uh, Iron Bitch Face. Uh, Iron Bitch Face is some pulse pounding cyberslam. Wanted to show oh you my guys. God. Uh, called uh, on the the on their probably band the camp, worst probably band. the worst <laughs> band in town. Uh, it's got one album. Uh, so it's from uh, Ontario, I believe. Uh, this this song is called The Wizard Has Shot the Food. Wait for it. was a surprising thing to find as a connection today the (laughs) yeah statutory apes their newest album the brain damage but not called brain damage the album has 15 different artists on it including including iron bitch face um 
other craziness there. Um, honestly, we should probably put some links to it, because I don't know how much more I can talk about this guy. But, yeah, it's bizarre. There's Elmer's tune reimagined as this goofy garage band thing. It's just... I guess I'm happy for this guy because his obsession was big enough that he is now part of the physical release. He's, he's he obviously has a relationship yeah, with Frank Hanlotter now. Yeah, that's insane. Um, I wish I could have gotten one of those cassette tapes. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Um, I'm I'm like legitimately like damn they're sold out. I would have bought I would have bought one <laughs> during this podcast r- during the recording. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Hey, maybe we tag him. Not m- much more to report there. Maybe we tag him. And, excuse me. Maybe we tag him and, and see where it goes. Um, them and uh, the pulse pounding cyber slam of Iron Bitch Face. You know, if we tag him, we're one step closer to interviewing Frank. I think I read uh, some interviews with Frank. He does not like the spotlight. He we aren't the spotlight. I know it's easy. He he doesn't like going to the conventions as like he he goes as as a fan. That's what he prefers. But I I I think I think we can get him in some form, something small. I bet we could do it. Um, If he's if he's hanging out with the statutory apes, an iron (laughs) bitch face, maybe. Um, that's, that's, that's basically all, all I have left here. I, I re- recommend watching The Brain, The Voice, and The Worm if you're curious. We may have to link to that because it's very hard to find. Cody thought it was yeah, made yeah. by middle schoolers, but I don't know. Okay. I think it's a weird, a very unique, weird piece of buried internet. Uh, it's got 1,800 views on YouTube. Uh, had Sinatra, Napalm Death, some reggae, Black Sabbath, uh, really weird shit. Uh, it's just overall, there's just like a strange community of weirdo nerds that I guess we're a part of now that um, really are into Frank Cannellotter's batshit crazy movies. I mean, yeah, that I mean that was my takeaway is that it just seems like there's so many strange individuals that are linked to Frank in so many interesting ways, and it's really exciting. I think. Are we becoming that there's one a community built? I think so. Honestly, like I think all of his movies so far that I've seen, I haven't seen Frank and Hooker yet, but I think they all have like a charm to them. Mm-hmm. And it's like the same. He's an auteur of sorts. Yeah. Oh, I mean, sure. they all they all have the same. They have a je ne sais quoi about all of them that <laughs> is. Oh, it's a little. It's a little. It's a little dirty. It's a little. It's a little grimy. But that's that's. That's part of the love, I think. Absolutely. He openly says, like, that's what he wants. Yeah. He's like, you want tits? You want gore? Uh-huh. I got it. Like, that's what's fun in movies. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I totally get it. You want to see a donger running through the streets? It's cold out. It's going to be shrivelly, but we'll make it happen Boom. for you, we'll make it happen. my viewers. Well, I think that's about all I've got, but we've had a lot of good stuff today. We uh, talked about some weird shit. Uh, so, some brain damage. That was... You, sh- you should give it a watch. You should give it a watch. Definitely worth a watch. I had a, I had a really fun time with it, as much as I was disturbed 
in moments. Um, yeah, it's just it's a Frank Hannah movie. It was fun. Yeah, it's such a weird take on a evil alien creature and the sometimes a visual feast. So yeah, yeah, I love a visual feast. Um, so slashers, we are done. I think so. Thanks for, for listening. Really appreciate it. Um, yeah. Uh, if you're if you're a new new fan, uh, thanks for listening. If you're uh, sticking around from before, thanks too, buddy. Appreciate it. Welcome yeah. back. Um, so uh, appreciate the patience. Uh, two of us are are about to take a trip, and I think that this episode is probably going to come out a little late, but too fucking bad. Uh, thanks for listening when you do. And we'll be off to the next Frank Hanalotter thing. And we got some guests and other fun things for you coming up. So, uh, till next time, I am Aaron. I'm Sloan. I'm your stepmom. We will see you next time. Wear a helmet. So, uh, I say hop on this. like some hay nearby and uh you can hear hear just like some people taking care of their old animals in the distance